and welcome back to another episode of the Athlete Ready Global Podcast. I am your host, Jared Saavedra. It is episode 12. I got a very special guest for you all today. His name is Coach Choi. Coach Choi is a strength conditioning coach, entrepreneur. He is a, an instructor at a community college as well as a high school football coach. So he ha- wears a lot of hats, has so many different experiences building programs and buying with his athletes, as well as giving you all tons of good tips on how to contract with different gyms if you are an independent contractor and much, much more in this episode. So if you haven't subscribed to our podcast, please do so now and let's get this episode started. Hey everyone and welcome to season two of the Athlete Ready Global podcast. This season is going to be straight fire. It is not going to be limited to just strength conditioning coaches and fitness professionals, but we're going to have sport coaches on here, medical doctors, financial advisors, digital marketers, you name it, we'll probably have them on. I really believe that you're going to enjoy these next 10 episodes. Again, our goal is to help equip fitness and strength professionals in their careers in areas that promote career longevity, financial freedom, etc. As you know, the Athlete Ready Global podcast is powered by the online training software, Athlete Ready Global, which helps personal trainers and strength and conditioning coaches save more time, coach more people, build more freedom, and make more money. With nearly 400 business marketing and training resources and a deep exercise library, and also a ton of features that allow coaches and trainers to deliver world-class programming remotely. This platform has it all. Now, on to our next episode. And we're live. Coach Choi, how's it going, brother? Good, how are you? Good, man. Finally, glad to get you on here, dude. Yeah, I'm excited. With all this craziness. Uh, so for the listeners a little bit, tell them about your background, where you're from, kind of what you do. Yeah, uh, I am Poilop Choi. Um, I don't like have to be called coach. I think it's usually easier because my name is a little bit weird. <laughs> so that's why I don't have like, oh, you have to call me this. Um, so yeah. I, I, I go by that. Uh, I am from Southern uh, California. So inland, which is, you know, where I live is pretty much an hour away from everything. A mountain, the desert, the beach, uh, L.A. Is it? Um, what city is that? It's like Riverside. The Riverside, Riverside? Area. okay. Yeah, so that's, you know, kind of where I live. And then, um, yeah, so I operate in a... Um, small private facility out of there prior to that i worked in maybe like a lot of you guys have done that like the corporate um corporate setting i've also um interned in the division one setting um i've coached high school football for the last uh, five years nice. and i also teach part-time at what well, high school is that at yeah so i coached at um last year high school in riverside and okay. i worked with the dbs receivers running backs at one point and i also ran our strength conditioning program um, I will now be coaching at Beaumont High School, just the receivers. So that will be a little bit of a change. Nice. I think it's just well, it might be a little bit better just to coach one position and just to have one one task. Right. Yeah. Will you be uh, doing strength conditioning there as well? No, I'm, I'm, I'll probably do some speed stuff, something just okay. some basic stuff. You know, our our head coach he has a lot of stuff and he runs the weight room in the morning. He, he it's, it's different than from traditional high schools. He runs his PE in the mornings. Okay. So like that's I think that's pretty pretty unique. You know, we're like you know, for most of us who play football, it's like 
you know, six or seven periods, six period, away, yeah. right. And then, and then go play football. And that's, and that's, that's hard sometimes, you know, cause now you're there from one thirty to like six or seven versus they have weights in the morning, go to school and then finish off with practice. So that might break up the day a little bit better. I've never been around anything like this in the high school setting. So I think it's pretty cool. Is that a see. district thing or was that just a school I think decision? It's a, it's a it's a him thing. He did it before at his previous um, job, so I think that's it's a I think it's a cool thing. It it makes sense to me, you know. But I for think sure. maybe for depending on your area, you may be worried about like hygiene or like some just kids just don't, or you create a culture where like that doesn't that doesn't matter too much, you know. Awesome. So. Awesome. And then from there, so you you did an internship. Where did you do your internship at? Yeah, so I did like a two year internship uh, at my alma mater, um, University of Laverne, which is a Division three school. Um, I pretty much kind of worked there right out of college, kind of learned the trade. Um, I did not get a bachelor's in kinesiology, which was just pretty unique. And I think mm-hmm. that's actually benefited me because I've I've always felt like I had to catch up. You know, someone will say something, I'm like, oh, I, didn't, I didn't know that. I got, I got to go learn that. And I think that for me has been a blessing. Because all these guys think they're all they are. They they know it all. You know, I'm like, and I don't. And I still I don't think I ever feel like I know it. And I think it's 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 helped me more than it, it has hurt me for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So when I did my internship at Exos, um, I mean, I was the only physical education major. The rest of them were exercise science and kinesiology. And there I was, the, the PE guy. So yeah. I definitely can relate to that for sure. Well, you were uh, in the field. I, I, I was a bachelor's of communication, so it was completely different. Okay. Yeah, but like it's still, it's still so yeah. relevant. I'm sure you've learned so many skills, even from that, that yeah. definitely influence your coaching, you know? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, so with this whole pandemic, man, and, and I know you're an independent contractor, is that correct? At a facility, you just kind of, you do your thing. Correct. Um, how has this kind of affected, you know, you financially, you as a coach, your family, all these, all these types of things. Yeah. I think for, in terms of affecting me, like, you know, like I, people like to throw that word entrepreneur, um, out mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, and I don't think that's always the case because if you're, because right away, once we saw this, you know, pandemic, you saw the coach, hey, I'm, I'm training, I'm training, training, like it's freaking out. Like, so like clearly right there, you were not doing the things you were saying as in like, you're saving money, investing money. Like, so those things I saw like right off the bat. And um, for me, I, I had some money saved. I also teach at a community college. So, you know, I have a, I have a job there, but that transition to online has been fully online has been been pretty tough you know it, it sounds easy and it kind of is but it actually isn't it's logistically is tough and then the students you deal with were they were they chose in-person classes for a reason so right when they when they transition online a lot of them were, were messed up and it's my job to make sure they're kind of not as messed up and, and and i told them like i related to them like hey it's, it's a struggle for me too that you guys aren't the only one struggling you know i had to revamp everything that i did in person and to put it online so it was hard um, as well. So, yeah, so, I mean, I was kind of covered from that aspect, having that, um, you know, avenue for income in addition to training has, has, has you know, always helped me. I think for me, it also breaks up the day. I think there's pros and cons to doing two different things. Like, you know, like you're, you're not long enough anywhere to, you know, to do too much, but then that's not long enough to create like an adaptation to that. But you also don't get bored either. So there's, there's like pros and cons. It's just, just like training, right? If you, if you train too long and, and doing one hypertrophy, for example, you overtrain, but if you don't do enough, you don't create an adaptation. So it's kind of that, that similar thing, right? Exactly. Exactly. Um, I saw you had posted on one of your stories um, about you going to be into a new facility or you're going to be kind of moving your clientele somewhere else. 
Um, what what kind of led to that decision? And and the reason I ask is because I get questions a lot about from independent contractors when they're going to be off in a new venture looking for a new gym. They kind of ask me what are some things to look for when you're going to you know contract out of a gym. Um, what would you say to those to those people? I think those are all each individual individual mm-hmm. things. You know, if right. you're looking for a new area or or the facility doesn't have things that you need, I think it's you know it's time and it's like. You know, for me, I look at this opportunity as like, hey, I'm coming back from from COVID, and you know, what what a what a great time to do something new. You know, so it's it's completely new. I think that's kind of why I'm deciding to make that make that call for myself. I think it's it's cool to just try to do something new. But I mean, I think you know, it could be just little things like don't you know, we're independent for a reason. Don't be so tied in. You know, I think you should always be exploring, and that's that's how you grow. I think just looking at things that are maybe newer or, or better, but don't just be so tied down to whatever facility or even whatever, whatever job you have, you know, right. I'm learning, right. I'm learning more about millennials. And I think, um, you know, I think they were saying that, um, the generation before us, um, they were so caught up, Hey, we got to marry this job and be this job for 30 years. And I'm a company man, lifelong words. Like, I guess our generation is not like that. I didn't really realize that. And I think, that's okay too, because I remember when they when we were learning how to write resumes or whatever. Hey, you need to be a job for a long time to make you look good. But nowadays, you're seeing people with different experiences. I think that's also a very good thing, you know. For sure, for sure. Um, I noticed that you're you're big into you know mobility training, FRC, that type of stuff. Um, when did you get your first kind of taste with that experience, and how do you like implement it into your own training? Um, I love watching your videos. I'm sure everybody else does as well. Um, what kind of got you into being super curious about that, about that area of training? Yeah, I think maybe it was like, uh, you know, generally, you know, we see like jacked people or buff guys who don't move really well. But I started like, you know, watching this stuff. I'm like, dude, there's like, that guy's like really jacked, you know, and he's like moving well or whatever. I'm like, that, that's like really cool. Like, and then you can see him do that. And he also lift weights. So I was like, okay, like this stuff's like pretty cool. Like, you know, there's some, obviously some some carryover. And I think, you know, like we're, we're so caught up in whatever, usually it's usually like some kind of look good or, or get big or whatever, but like, we're not like a lot, a lot of us aren't, um, into movement quality. I think it's, it's big, you know, I think it just, it just looks, it also looks, some of that stuff looks really cool. So I think it's cool to just kind of be a better mover and, and, and feel good. You know, I think, um, for a lot of us kind of now, I guess newer still, um, you know, we're not married to the barbell as much as, um, you know, our predecessors. And I think it's cool to just like learn other things. Like, you know, I think if, if you move better, generally things become easier anyway. So like if we're not working on movement quality, what does it matter how much you front squat or, you know, or whatever, whatever barbell lift, you know? Right. So when you work with your MMA fighters, I noticed that you train quite a few. Yeah. Um, how do you assess their movement? I mean, do you go watch them in person and train and then you kind of see their limitations of their movement? Or is it mostly just kind of in the weight room stuff, what they're doing kind of there? Uh, how do you like base your yeah, assessment I, on that? I think it's really weird because I don't know. It's just like most athletes. You see them and you're like you're like doing some mobility stuff. Like, dude, they can't move. What the hell? Or like very weak. And then all of a sudden you see them do their sport. You're like, okay, they obviously don't need what I need them to do because they, they're plenty strong and they move well enough. So, you know, I, I don't know. You know, I think sometimes uh, one thing I learned recently was like exercise is the test. You know, we mm-hmm. always like, were, were you, but then like you wouldn't test in school every day, but we're always doing these things to test people, test people. 
So I've been just finding ways to just move differently. Because at the end of the day, like the gym is just like this man-made thing because we don't move like we were supposed to move. So I mean, it's, I'm just finding different ways to move. I think you know, instead of worrying about what this target is, it's just a push, it's just a pull, it's just a hinge. I don't know, just just move. Finding ways for everyone to move. Some people like to do mobility stuff. Some people like to do more strength stuff, and that's okay. I'm not like married to one school of thought. You know, I'm not married to. I'm a push pull guy, you know. I'm a I'm a I'm a conjugate guy, you know. I think people get caught up in that, you know. I even do body part splits. I know like the strength and conditioning profession kind of makes fun of that. Like some people like to do that, and that's okay too. Like if that if that makes them buy in to create results, I think that's a good way for some people to acquire fitness. But again, I don't think there's that one way to train people. Whereas like I see that a lot, and I and I, I think that's a downfall. I think most general fitness is like, oh, it's, you know, oh, leg day, chest day, arm day. I don't think that's like the ideal way mm-hmm. for everyone to train, but I see that a lot. And I think that's like, I, I know that's old school. And I think that's how a lot of us have started training, even though our coaches made us do upper or lower probably in high school. But they're like, we didn't want to do that because, well, that's not how you get big because Arnold does arm day or back day. And I think we all started training like that in some capacity. So, but I think with personal training, they don't get other exposure. They didn't have an internship like Exos. I actually did some work for Exos a couple of years ago. I um, I worked in the corporate setting for them, which was okay. a unique unique experience. I worked in a in a Santa Clara at Intel, and it was cool. But I learned a lot so of methodology. So in those in those things there, do they allow you the creativity to program and kind of do your thing as long as it's kind of under their methodology, or are you implementing like their stuff essentially? Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty much written like they, we had like a, we had classes and it was like you know, upper pull, lower push or whatever. Um, you know, once they kind of feel that you were competent, you did have some freedom as long as you stayed within those movements. So if it was a push day, you can find different types of pushing patterns, which, which was cool. I think having that type of like a template can give like coaches a guide to have some freedom. But that way you're not just doing push day and then the next guy does another push or whatever, you know, so it gives you some freedom. Um for exercises within those movement patterns. Awesome. Awesome. And so even with this experience and, and what you've learned, I find it is super interesting and, and cool that you, you did start that strength conditioning program, you know, where you were at before, uh, was it, was it difficult or kind of easy to, to get buy-in from the, the coaches that were there? Um, since, you know, you're, I'm sure you had to start new at some point and you're yeah. coming in and taking over the strength conditioning, uh, portion of it. I know it's really hard for a lot of coaches with that ego that, uh, you know, to give someone the free reign to do that. Um, how were you able to buy the, uh, build that buy-in with them for them to allow you to do that? Cause that's think, pretty cool. I think it's generally, generally just like anything else. You like give them what they want first. That creates that buy-in. Like, just like, uh, I make, I'm sure for us, like working with athletes some people just like still believe in the speed ladder or whatever. Okay. Like give them some of that. There's nothing wrong with it. Inherently it's, it's, good for your feet there's coordination stuff i think there's still some good benefits to that you know once you create hey that they think that makes them faster you do some of that stuff and then you start doing like quote unquote your stuff to because you know what may work better for that athlete so i think doing like what like find out what people think works and find out what people think it doesn't you know if, if um you know i heard a strength coach talk about like um they didn't want their um their in season to do any legs and then they did like a push jerk. Yeah, it's not necessarily legs, but the, co- the, the, the the sport coach was okay with the strength coach doing that. So he found a way to like incorporate some lower body into the training. So like 
finding things that the client or the coach may or may not like first, maybe. And then from there, just doing that stuff and then slowly get finding out, finding, I guess, finding ways to get away with stuff that you can. Okay. So what were some of the, I guess, the pushback initially um, with them? So if they're like, if, you know, if they didn't want to do legs at all during the season, what were your, you know, what, what was your response to that? Uh, I, it, that wasn't my that wasn't my thing. It was it was a, it was a, 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 a lecture I heard. But I think my response to that would be like, okay, like just find the ways. Like there, it's it's not going to be zero. Like you know, so just finding what that coach is willing to do is, hey, can we ride the bike? You know, are you okay with sleds? You know, like we push the sled in practice. You know, just finding out like what they're willing willing to to give. You know, and if they're not, they're not. Like at the end of the day, that's like, hey, okay, hey, we hurt our knee because you said you didn't want any legs, you know, like, and I did that, you know, so like uh, that way, because mm-hmm. the other side of that, it's like, okay, uh, you know, basketball coach said no legs, you did some legs, someone gets hurt. Now that now that's us, right? Versus the other right. way. I was like, okay, hey, you said no legs, we didn't do any legs. Now someone got hurt, you know, so like that, you know, like, so it takes yeah. it out of your hands, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So what other populations do you work with? I mean, I, I've seen you with MMA athletes for sure. Uh, obviously football players is there any other specific population that you that you like to work with um man i like them all i think mean, people are like strength coaches like oh, i don't want to work with like regular people i'm like i don't know man like regular people this is what this is the only thing they have some, sometimes like they really want to get in shape they, this means a lot whereas like an athlete's like well i have to do this so i can go play basketball or soccer or football or whatever they, mm-hmm. it's a means to an end Whereas like regular people, they like love this, you know, they really, they really want to learn and take away things that they can use themselves. And I, I've had a lot, a lot of success with that. And it's been, it's been really fun. So like, I, I love, you know, training anybody that's like willing, willing to learn. I don't care what sport they are, you know, that's what awesome. type of person they are. Like, oh, I don't like old people. I'm like, okay, well, old people might want this because they know it's going to like prolong their life, you know, or, like no, an athlete, or an athlete knows better than you, you know, so. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great response because. I don't know if you, you know, you have interns that work under you or whatnot, but that's one of the biggest things, you know, someone who gets into our field. And, and that's why I asked you that for a reason, because um, that was just a great response. And it's always like, hey, you know, I, I want to be training the pros. I want to be training the elite of the elite. And they they don't realize the, the impact that they're, I mean, they're really, they're really minimizing it. You know what I mean? And I don't know if you've had people the same who have come to you like, hey, I, I just, I want to train athletes. Oh, yeah. I want to train. Right away. Yeah. What do you what do you tell them? I mean, I just tell them like, okay, like, okay. One of the things I did was like, okay, like you know, upon graduation, I'm like, did you look at your graduation? Look at how many freaking students they're graduating. How many people in the same thing you are? And that's only your school. Now think about all the other universities and colleges that have graduated the same people in your profession. How are you standing out? And they're like, and then you want to go work for the Lakers? Like, how how, how do you think that's gonna work? Right? I think I just tell them like, you got you got to get experience. You got to like quote unquote work for free. But I tell, I tell them like it's not it's not like working for free. Think about it as like free education. So if you got if you got to go to school for free, you would do it, right? But some of these guys look at well, I'm not I'm not gonna go work for free. I'm not gonna work at that physical therapy clinic for free. I'm like no, it's like free education that I cannot give you. So it's I encourage you to get a free education um, in that atmosphere, right? That's a great way to put it. I never I never thought of it that way. Yeah, that's, well, even, that's I, definitely... I, made, I made that mistake, right? Because I think even which I guess turned worked out well because I was like. In college, I was like, you're supposed to get an internship. I'm like, well, I don't want to freaking work for free. And instead of instead of like finding an internship that I really wanted to learn from, I just did some crap just to get it done, get my hours and get done. And I think that's 
a mistake potentially some a lot of students make whatever whatever field you're in like use that field like try to find that internship there's like you're never not never maybe but you're you're not going to have a time like you do now in college to learn from these things and explore like i didn't do that you know i didn't i didn't i, I made a mistake there where i didn't just learn i just did the thing just to do it i just got through it go I, through the motions yeah so yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to listen to people who, you know, again, you know, younger coaches that say, yeah, I don't want to, you know, do a free internship and work for free. And it's like, man, they're telling someone, myself, you know, I interned for three years right. during my master's degree yeah, and post-master's. Yeah. I had a master's degree and I was still interning at Exos. Wow. You know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't feel like I was above anything. Like I wanted to learn as much as I possibly can. And I just see like kind of a shift between like our generation of coaches and then this next like kind of new wave. You know what I mean? There's, it's just a little bit different mentality. Um, so when you talk about building value, I want to bring up something that you uh, that you posted the other day, and I freaking this is this is gold, man. Um, you wrote, "Building value is not selling crappy five dollar dessert for two dollars. Making the dessert cheaper isn't going to make more people want to buy it. Building value is selling an eight dollar dessert that is worth every bite." Trainers, stop cutting the price of your training. Make your dessert better. Like that is that's gold. Um, yeah, there's like I mean, there's like a lot of parallels to what we do in like in like cooking or food or whatever, right? People just think like, oh, you know what? If I just keep if I just keep lowering the price of this, people are gonna buy it. Yeah, I guess some will, but they're gonna get it. It's like, dude, this, sh this shit sucks. The same thing, like like if you make like food, like you and I, you know, we'll probably go eat something that's really expensive because it, it it's worth that, you know. Whereas like some people, but it's just like it would be, oh, I'm not gonna pay for that pizza. That's expensive. I'm like, well, that pizza's like way better. And then for me, like. A haircut, yeah, I can get a haircut for five dollars, but it's that experience that I get with my barber that I've not cut my hair because of it, right? So it's like, it's like those things, like that's that's what value is. I don't think people understand that. And then along the lines of like cooking and what we do, it's like we have trainers now that are worried about what type of silverware, how their plate looks, and all that stuff, and they can't even cook yet. So the same thing, you're worried about your marketing, all this stuff. We see a lot. I see a lot of people. Oh, we got to do my marketing, my social media marketing. I'm like. Yeah, that's cool, but like your shit sucks. Like, I, you know, I mean, it, it is what it is. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings, but you're worried about the wrong things. If you just if you just make your shit taste good, people are gonna want to eat it. They'll find it. There's there's hole in the walls anywhere in the country that they look like crap, and but people will go there and eat it because you made your food taste really good, and people will go. They don't care what your place looks like. It's the same thing. Like, you know, we have these trainers making videos, coming out of fancy cars. I'm like, what out of that? Like, what? How does that make you look like a good trainer? You have a nice car. That's cool. Like people are like, I don't get it. Yeah, you're. I mean, I'm sure you're, that person like, oh yeah, I have a cool video. Okay, but how does that cool video translate to you being a cool trainer? I think, I think marketing is important. You know, don't get me wrong, but mm -hmm. I think, I think that's after the fact. It's called um, fitness business for a reason, not business fitness. We're out. We're about the other side for us. I think it. It takes a long time and continually um, improving in this field to to get good or, or or better but i think it's like to the point where i think you and i talk about too it's like everyone just thinks right away they, they read one book or not even a book and say they're a specialist you know they're a master trainer or guru or whatever like you, you you've done this for like six months you know you had one guy on the speed ladder you know you know like mm -hmm. so, right I, right yeah so what, so what would your response be if, you know, if a trainer came to you and says, hey, you know, I charge $50 an hour um, and then this other trainer, they charge $50 an hour. What are some tidbits or examples that you could give them that are pretty tangible that they could implement into what they're doing to make their $50 package a lot more valuable than that, that next person that's even selling it for cheaper or whatever? What are some things that you would give them? Yeah, I think 
you know, outside of like what we read or what knowledge, you know, just providing a service. It's a customer service. Like if you're, if you're, you know, you're showing up on time, you're dressed nice, like those little things, having a towel, having a water, like those things we can do without even like learning, you know, like spending time to invest in that person. Like I ask a lot of questions when I train because I'm generally curious and I don't know. Whereas like sometimes we, we listen to people and it, we're, we're ready to answer. Like, cause, because someone, the problem is people have told us we are the expert and like, but we're not like we're the professional. Like I think it's that's like the wrong way to say. It. You're telling these interns you're, you're the expert. Like you're not the expert. So now you were told that you're the expert. So you expect to have an answer when someone asks you. And like there's times when people ask me something I'm like I don't know, but I'll find out for you. So they're confused. I'm like yeah, like, don't you have a master's degree in this? I'm like yeah, but I don't I, I don't know that. And that's okay. I'll find the answer for you. Whereas like you know a, a younger trainer because they think they're the expert would be like yeah no it's this. I'm like no that, that, like that's not like that's not the answer. So I think. You know, being a professional just means like you'll find the answer for them. And it's okay to say you don't know. Hey, I don't know this. Hey, but I know Coach Jared in Atlanta will find out for you. Like things like that. And that's okay. Like not having that ego and and where people are like so insecure that they think like, well, I don't want to give my clients my workouts. I don't want to take them and use them like for their own. Like that's, but that's what this is. Like this is what teaching is. Like someone, you know, I didn't, I didn't make up, you know, a lunge. I didn't make up a curtsy lunge. It's not my stuff. I want to be able to. To teach them everything that they can take off on their own. Whereas like a, a insecure trainer, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to give away my shit. I don't, I don't write, I don't write programs because I don't want to give them. I just have my clients do cardio because I don't want them to, to use my stuff. You know, they can find this stuff anywhere. Anything that right. I have out, they can find it probably better. That's, that's the what, the what is the sets, reps, exercise. They can find it online or right? just, just like cooking, right? That's the what they'll give you the ingredients, but the how is how we put that stuff together. The how is how chef Gordon Ramsay cooks it together. That's why he doesn't mind putting his, his, stuff out there because he knows if you have your stuff you have his stuff and he has his stuff he's going to cook it better than you and that's how you should be if you like know your your worth i can put my sets and reps out there all i want but i'm going to cook it better than anyone can cook my stuff that's just the way it is yeah that's that's interesting um and i i used to be like that i used to be where i, right. when I first kind of started like you know i, I didn't want to share all of my stuff because it's like one, I put a lot of money, time, and effort into learning all the stuff. So, I mean, at that point in my career, it's like, yeah, like, man, I, I, I earned a lot of this knowledge and whatnot. But, like, as I just kind of mature and I, I feel like, you, you know, you probably, you know, feel the same way. Sure. Is, is, you know, as much as you mature into the industry, it's like, man, like, like you said, no one else can kind of replicate you and in, in your own special sauce. I think that's, that's great. And I think young coaches and trainers could, could learn a lot from that. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, people are training with you for the how, not the what. Because the what, it's on there. It's on the internet. I can find the what right now. How to build butt. Fucking Google it, and it will tell me, right? Like, mm -hmm. But you're going to do that differently. So it's like, as a, as a young coach, it's important to understand that. They're training you for the how, and they're training for you. Because I'll recommend someone sometimes, hey, like, right, especially now. Like, hey, I am not back yet, but some facilities are opening. I'm like, hey, go ahead and look for another trainer. I'm not like, whatever. And they're like, no, I don't want to do that. I'm like, no, I'm serious. Like, you have my blessing. You don't need to ask me for permission. Like, this is your, your training, your goals, and go ahead and do that. And, you know, some people aren't willing, which is like a bad thing, too, because I'm like, you know what? Like, there's other, there's other ways to explore, not just me. Yeah. No matter how different I try to be or you try to be, like, they're always going to have some kind of similarities in the way you train and program. So I always tell, like, uh, clients just look for other avenues of, of movement you know not you know there's different things like there's yoga you know there's frc you know there's other mobility training pilates there's different things right there's like you know your bodybuilders like find, find ways to train but some people get so caught up in you 
which is good and bad because they just want to train with you. So, so I think, you know, there are some good things and bad things to that because they're not, they don't want to explore because they're so tied into your how because it's been so good. Right. No, that's, that's super valuable. Um, man, last thing, uh, with all this, all this craziness, how, how do you think the field is going to change in the next, you know, six to 12 months? Do you think there's going to be kind of a huge pivot on what we do and kind of the service that we have, or do you think it's going to just go back to kind of just being normal like it was before, or are you going to see a drop off in a lot of service or what do you think? What are your honest thoughts about that? Yeah, I don't know. It just it seems like some people are kind of. I mean, we. I think you and I have seen that people are buying mm-hmm. a lot of gym equipment. You know, mm-hmm. so there's that. What I think, which is be good because now there's like you have the opportunity to program online for some people. Like some people mm-hmm. just be like, hey, you know what? I can't work out at home, and that's a good thing. Like you don't, you shouldn't have to like rely on people like us, which is whatever. But I mean, but I that's what I want out of my people. I want you. I don't want you to rely on me to be able to do this. I want you to be able to learn enough to do your own. I think that's cool. People are like willing to invest in equipment which means they're willing to invest potentially in online platforms so you can just follow a coach's programming. So I think there's some room for, for that. Um, this is kind of like out of, uh, or within the same guidelines, but out of it a little bit. But I, but I think like illnesses, like regular colds and flus can be worse now because we're in such a sterile environment now that everything needs to be clean, clean, clean. So once you get a little exposure to a little pathogen, we're going to get so sick from the cold or flu than we didn't before because, because everything is so sterile. So there is like, there's like that part of it too, because we're not giving our microbiome or immune system any, any stress, you know? So when, when the, the, the little stress that we get, you know, it could be, I think maybe like a really bad cold or flu season, just from what I know, maybe in the fall or whenever that stuff arises. Yeah. But I do see like the need for online programming now. So I think mm-hmm. that's, that's going to be cool for some people who do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, it, it could be very different. There may be less small groups. You know, some people are like really like taking this thing pretty seriously. Some people don't care or don't know. I think I'm kind of in the middle. I don't want to say like, oh yeah, this thing is, this thing's yeah. really bad. Yeah. This thing is, is fake. I, I think it's somewhere in the middle and I think you have to take everything with a, with a grain of salt. But I think I just, I just see a lot of polar opposites, you know, which is, I think, which is bad, you know, I don't, I don't think it's, it's on either end. I think it's somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree, man. Thank you so much for your time today, man. I really appreciate yeah. it. Um, I know there's going to be some people writing me and, and trying to get a hold of you. How can they contact you if they have any questions? I know you have some, some programs and stuff on you, uh, on your site or whatnot. Yeah. Uh, how can, how can people get a hold of you? Yeah, just find me on Instagram. It's at coach Choi. So coach and then C H O I. Uh, that's the probably the best way to get a hold of me and then you know i'm i tell this, i tell these people all the time like i don't care if i know you or don't know you but like if you really reach out i i will try my my best to help you and you know the more specific specific the question the better i can help if you ask like a general question you're probably gonna get a general answer you know so if you need some kind of guidance or whatever it is you know i'm, I'm willing to help i know like helping people is how we make money but i mean i'll figure it out you know if you mm-hmm. need something but yeah coach joy is probably the best way to get hold of me i think within that my bio's in there there's like my emails in there so if you need to get a hold of me there you know i think it all works you know email instagram it's all the same for me awesome cool man appreciate your time tons of value uh value in that for sure yeah we'll get on we'll get on another call for sure yeah, i appreciate thanks. you dude yeah thanks right, man. have good a good one soon. all right